You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode 238. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and boy, do we have something exciting coming up. If you are tired of your only tool for transformation being restriction and deprivation, and you want to be able to look in the mirror and actually see results without choosing between ice cream and progress, then my friend, my upcoming free five-day challenge is for you. In this five-day challenge, you're going to learn how easy and fun it can be to crush your goals and to do it without cutting out sugar, without hours and hours and hours of cardio, or without starting another restrictive diet. In the five days, you'll have the formula for results without having to overhaul your lifestyle, which means that you're going to get to eat what you like and be able to see changes in the mirror. Because the truth is, and you know this on some level, misery does not give you better results. And when you cut out your favorite foods, well, that just usually backfires. That's why in the five days to a fitter you challenge, it's going to be all about making reaching your goals as enjoyable and as effective as possible. So here are the things I'm not going to ask you to do. I'm not going to ask you to go through all your cabinets and throw out anything with sugar in the ingredients. I will not force you to eat dry chicken and broccoli five days a week. There are going to be no rules about what time of day you can eat or how you have to space out your meals. Instead, we'll focus on what matters most in your journey. You. Because you bring you into everything you do, including your fitness journey. Which is why during the five days, we'll unpack some of the ways that you may be getting in your own way. Every day, you'll have access to tried and tested mini challenges that will make your fitness journey easy, give you incredible breakthroughs around what you need to be actually focusing on for long-lasting results. I'm going to be taking you through many of the same exercises and education during these five days that I give to my paying Macros 101 clients, including a unique goal-setting exercise on day two. So if you feel like you've signed up and started a ton of free challenges in the past, or maybe even wasted money on paid challenges that you didn't complete, you'll want to make sure you make it to day one and to day three, where I will break down self-sabotage and why the heck you tell yourself you're going to do something and then don't do it. In fact, if you have been curious at all about what it's like to work with me inside of Macros 101, think about the five-day challenge as a free sneak peek week. If you're someone who wants to crush your fitness goals and you want to do it without deprivation, restriction, and cookie-cutty dieting, then this challenge is for you. Go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash challenge to register for the free five days to a fitter you challenge starting August 22nd. If you like the podcast, you are going to love our five-day challenge. So go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash challenge and see how fun it can be to hit your goals. 
Okay, so what is our topic today? We are going to be talking about how and why your body will never change. You're never going to hit the goals that you have set for yourself if you don't first start with your mind. And some of you may see the title of this and you're totally on board. You're like, yeah, I know that this like how I think and my mindset is such an important part of this process. But some of you may be listening and thinking, yeah, Amber, I know it's like, I know that's a thing, but really what I need is I need to eat better or I need to be working out more or I need to you know, stop snacking in the evening or whatever, insert whatever it is that you think is actually keeping you from your goals. And here's the thing that I want you to consider. So first, I want to talk a little bit about the principle called the Pareto Principle. If you are not familiar with the Pareto Principle... It is this pattern that is seen over and over and over again in many contexts that roughly 80% of the outcome comes from 20% of the cause. So this, you'll hear it referred to as the 80-20 rule. And like I said, you see it in, in a multitude of contexts. So you'll see it in sports, you'll see it in economics, you'll see it in um, business, you'll see it in a whole lot of areas. And one of the places that I really see the Pareto principle play through is this idea of what is most important when it comes to the results that you want to see in your fitness journey. And a lot of women think that the 80-20 is 80% nutrition and workouts and techniques and tools. And yeah, so maybe 20% mindset, right? What I'm thinking, we're not going to say it's not important, but it it only is a small percentage of creating the change that you want to see in your body. And that, in fact, and I've seen this over and over and over again in my clients, is backwards. That really the 80% tends to be what you're thinking what you're telling yourself, what you believe about this process. And the 20% ends up being the tools and the tricks and the um, workouts and the nutrition. So it's really important to, I'm not saying that that is not important. I'm not saying that you can just never work out and sit on your butt all day and eat Doritos all day. And you know, if you work on your mindset that you're going to be able to transform your body, it is a part of the process, but I see over and over again that women are focusing so much time and attention on the 20%. And when you start focusing more time and attention on the 80%, what you're thinking, what you're telling yourself, what you're believing, that things really start to change so much faster and, and reaching and achieving those physical goals becomes so much easier. And here's why that is the case. It is because we are predicting making machines. Our brain's whole entire job is to predict what's going to happen. And we understand why, why this is that way, why our brain is that way. It's because in evolution, that is the way that we've been able to become safe. That's the way that we've been able to be protected from predators or from things that that may hurt us or harm us is our brain is always constantly trying to predict what is going to happen so that if we you know if we predict hey if i step out into this open landscape um, a lion could come in and eat me i'm not going to to do that and that's going to keep me safe and so our brain is constantly on the path of trying to predict what is going to happen And this can be really great for keeping us safe. However, the dark side, because there's a dark side to everything, right? The dark side of that is that sometimes our brain tries to keep us too safe. 
And our brain doesn't understand the difference between like physical safety and growth or personal change. And it views both of those as very, very dangerous because where I am right now is safe and anything other than where I am right now by default is unsafe. And if you want to just stay where you are right now, and we're talking about like personal and personal growth, if you're fine being the person, staying the person, having the results of the person you are right now, then that's fine. You can stay safe. You can stay where you're at and not grow. However, if you're listening to this podcast, I have to assume that you're not the type of person who's like, yeah, I'll just stay here for the rest of my life. It's it's pretty good. I'm just pretty happy with exactly what I have right now. I have to imagine that the the women who listen to this podcast are women who want to grow, who want to achieve, who want to set goals, who want to have a physical transformation. That requires you to step outside of your comfort zone. It requires you to step outside of quote unquote safety or what your brain deems as safe and to go and do new things and try new actions and do things that your brain is going to label as quote unquote unsafe. And if we don't address that, your brain will work really hard to get you to quit. Your brain will work really hard to help you to retreat back to quote unquote safety. And so what does this look like in real life? It looks like I would like to lose 20 pounds. So you set this goal right? You, you do all the goal setting, get all excited. You get all motivated. I want to lose 20 pounds. I, I'm so excited about this. And you realize that it's going to require different actions than you've taken in the past, right? What got you here won't get you there. So the actions that you've taken in the past to get to the reality you have now are going to be different than the actions you're going to take in order to lose the 20 pounds. And because that is different, your brain automatically sees that as scary and unsafe, This is on a subconscious level. It's not necessarily something you're thinking about it, but it's something that is going on in the subconscious of your brain. And so if we don't address that, if we don't address the fact that your subconscious is scared, that your subconscious is predicting that you're going to fail, that your subconscious like does not want you to do that, and we try to start take action, we start to notice resistance. And, you know, metaphorically raise your hand if you've ever noticed that resistance of like, this feels really hard. I feel resistance when I start tracking. I feel like I I don't want to do that thing that I know I need to do. I don't want to go to the gym, right? We feel this resistance and we're like, why why do I feel that resistance? I set this goal. I want to get a six pack. I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to look better naked. So I'm consciously saying, I want to do these things. Why the heck am I feeling so much resistance? Why am I feeling a lack of motivation? Why am I feeling like not taking the action that I know I need to take? And the reason is because goals are set in the conscious mind. You decide you want to do something. But if you don't enroll the subconscious, you're going to notice that resistance. It's like an invisible rubber band pulling you back. And so what a lot of women do is they say, well, I'm just going to pull harder. I'm just going to push harder. I like to use the analogy of driving in a car. They are finding some, like they're they're pushing on the gas and their car's not moving forward. And so they're like, I know, I know the solution. Push harder on the gas. So they're like slam on the gas and maybe they move a little bit faster, but it's like still not moving fast enough. 
And what they're not recognizing is that the key to moving faster is not to push more on the gas, but to realize that they have the parking brake on. Have you ever done that? Uh, I learned to drive in a clutch, like a manual transmission. Side note, my dad, I'm the oldest of seven kids. My dad thought it would be great to teach me how to drive a car with a manual transmission because he thought it was really important that you learn to drive a car with a manual, like learn to drive a clutch. And so he taught me to drive on a manual. So I'm learning how to drive and I'm also learning how to handle a clutch and and all those things. It was really hard (laughs) and I did it. But I did know that every single child after me, all six of my siblings learned to drive a car first in an automatic. And then my dad taught them to drive a clutch because learning both of those things at the same time is super, super hard. Uh, but, but that was, that was my, my path anyway. So a lot of times, and I don't know if you've ever done this, where it's like you have the, the handheld parking brake, you pull up on the parking brake and, um, and then you like, you get out of the car and then you get back in the car and you forget the parking brakes on and you turn on the car and you put it in reverse. And it's like, so slow. You're like, why is it so slow? Like, why am I not going very fast? And then you're like, oh, duh. Well, the parking brake's on. And so we release the parking brake and then you're able to go. That happens to clients all the time where they're like, I think I just need to push the gas harder. I just need to push harder on the gas. I need to try harder. I need to have more motivation to be able to move forward. And in reality, they don't realize that their subconscious is pulling them back, is creating that resistance. It's like they're driving around with the parking brake. And you can push as hard as you want on the gas if the parking brake is on, you are never going to go as fast as you could. And so the key to that is releasing the parking brake. And that is why your body will never change unless your mind does. Because until you focus on that subconscious, until you focus on the beliefs that you have, until you focus on what you are telling yourself on a day-to-day basis, and even that subconscious programming that's running in your mind, until you address that, you can, push the, you can push down as hard as you want and you're going to feel resistance. You're going to feel something pulling you back. And, and so when we understand that, we can also give ourselves a little bit of grace. And I, I, I think this is really important because I think a lot of women are told by society, by, by people, by themselves, that they could get the results that they wanted if they just tried harder. If you just tried harder, you you could do it. If you just had more motivation, just like work harder. Just just do it. <laughs> like the Nike slogan, just, like just do it. But what that is missing is this whole like underlying paradigm of of the subconscious that makes it so you sometimes can't just do it. <laughs> And, and then we look at it and we say, oh, I'm so lazy. Oh, I'm so, I just like have no motivation. Oh, I'm like the worst. Why can't I just get my crap together? Why can't I get, just get my act together and just eat better and work out? Like, why can't I do this? And when you understand the subconscious, when you understand why mindset is so important, you can start to have a little bit of, of compassion on yourself of realizing, oh, it's not that I'm lazy. It's not that I'm dumb. It's not that I, you know, can't do this. It's that I haven't been focusing on a really large part of what is going to make this process successful. And that is your mind. And so this is what I love to work with clients on. Yes, you know, inside of Macros 101, I give you lots of tools and tricks and tips and science because there is science to it, right? The 20%, there's science behind that you have to understand behind body composition changes, 
And that, I get really excited about that. That's fun for me to teach. But I also recognize that like the 80% that's really going to make the difference is often the stuff that you can't see. It's like the intangible things. It's, it's thinking about, you know, what is the programming that you've been running on for so long? And can we upgrade that programming? I think about it like your iPhone. You know, I, I got my first iPhone. I think I had a 3. A 3GS was like my very first iPhone. And now we're, I don't know, we're like on iPhone 14. So between the 3GS and the 14, there's been lots of iterations and lots of updates to the program that the iPhone is run on. And if I was still here in 2022 trying to run my iPhone on the programming from back, I don't know, early 2000s. No, it's like late 2000s. I think when I got my first iPhone, it was like after I got married, probably 2000. Eight, I think 2007, I think is when the iPhone came out. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. If I was still trying to run in 2022 programming from 2007 when the iPhone first came out, it would be slow as all get out. It wouldn't really work. It'd be super clunky. And it wouldn't be because like there's anything wrong with me, but I just needed to like upgrade the programming. And if I updated, I did an update and I moved to the latest programming everything's going to work a lot better. It's going to work a lot faster. And it's the same thing for us is a lot of us are running on outdated programming. A lot of us are running on outdated beliefs that we don't even recognize and know that are there. And when we can upgrade those, and that's what I help clients to be able to do, you're able to go so much faster because you're essentially releasing that parking brake. Now, I started coaching clients back in 2016. And while my ability to coach has absolutely deepened and gotten better over the years as I've learned more and, and practiced more and, and being able to coach more clients. I, I find it interesting that when I go back to even like the first iteration of Macros 101, um, back like five, four or five years ago when I like first made the first version of what has now become Macros 101, I find it interesting that even back then, my the very first module that I took clients through was called Believe It. And even back then, even at like the beginning of my coaching, I, I understood how important it was for someone to believe that they can accomplish the goal they're setting out to accomplish. Now, why is that so important? And this goes back to the very first thing I said is that we are, we are predicting machines. And so what happens a lot of times is when we set goals... We, we, we say, I want that, but our programming, our, the subconscious is like, mm, you can't do that. Mm, that's way too hard. It's going to require way too much effort. It's not possible and it's really scary. So how about no? How about, how about we not do that? <laughs> and uh, what happens is you create a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you want to do something, but part of you believes you cannot do it, guess what's going to happen? You are going to create that as your reality. It's why we innately know when we're teaching our kids to do something and we hear them say, I can't do this. You're like, don't say that you can't do it. <laughs> like that by saying you can't do it, that's all you're going to be able to create is that you can't do it. So we try to help them shift and like, you're learning, you can do it. You can ride a bike. Um, so we innately understand this idea that we, we create self-fulfilling prophecies. If you don't think that you can do something, you will never be able to do it. And nowhere else is this principle as beautifully illustrated as in the story of Roger Bannister. So for years and years and years, we thought humans could not run a sub four minute mile. 
like it was really thought scientifically that it was physically impossible for a human to be able to run a sub four minute mile. And that was just kind of the understanding. Everybody knew it. Everybody understood it. Like it's just impossible. Humans cannot do that. And so nobody did until Rogers Bannister, who on May 6th, 1954, broke the four minute mile. He ran a mile in three minutes, 59.4 seconds. And after that, more people were able to accomplish it. And it, it is this reminder that until somebody first did it, people just told themselves it's not possible. It's not possible. And so that's the outcome that they created. It wasn't possible. And once there was somebody who, oh my gosh, he was able to do it. it a possibility opened up in people's minds and they were able to contemplate that maybe it is possible. And because it was, you know, maybe it was possible, they were able to create that. And so it is a good reflection to be thinking about what are the things that you are either consciously or subconsciously telling yourself that are impossible. Like, I want to lose weight, but I can't do it. Or I want to get a six pack, but it's not possible for me. Understanding those stories that you are telling yourself, the subconscious programming that you are running on is one of the most important things to be able to address so that you can take off that parking brake. You can... And actually the actions that you're taking are actually moving you forward towards the goals that you want to hit. Now, here's another concept that's kind of interesting. I was just teaching this to my coaching academy students and we were talking about setting goals. And I made the point that there is a difference between what you want and what you think you can have. So what do you think is the difference between what you want and what you think you can have? Because when I ask people for their goals, oftentimes they are telling me what they think they can have, what they think is possible, what they think they could achieve, not what they actually want. And the reason we do that is because a lot of us have a a big story around failure. Like if I say what I want and I don't achieve it, then I'm a failure. I failed. I'm a loser. You know, it means all of these negative things about me. But when we do that, we settle because what you think you can have is usually much less than what you actually want. And so one of the things I'm always trying to encourage clients to do, and I talk a lot about it in the goal setting episode, episode number 92, where I talk about mistakes people make with goals, that if you are just setting goals based off of what you think that you can have, you are underselling yourself. You're, you're never going to achieve what you are actually capable of because most of us place more limits on ourselves. Most of us undercut ourselves from what we're actually capable of. And so that's a really important question to ask yourself. What do I want and what do I think I can have? And what is the difference between the two? Am I going after things that I want or am I simply only setting goals for the things that I think are possible for me, the things that I think I can have? And what would change if you started setting goals based off of what you want? Would you be able to achieve more? Would you be able to create more in your life? I would argue that yes. Even if you don't achieve those goals, it's that like cheesy saying, I remember my first grade teacher wrote this in my yearbook, shoot for the moon because if you don't if you don't hit the moon, at least you'll land among the stars, which is like not even like astronomically correct, but you get the ideas. Like even if you're shooting for the moon, if you miss it, you're going to still achieve more than you would have if you just settled. 
And so a great question to ask yourself is, am I working for what I want or what I think I can have? Now, it is true that sometimes we surprise ourselves and we're like, I wanted this thing and I ended up achieving way more than I wanted. But that is, I would say, in the minority. And um, more often, things turn out the way that we anticipate them to turn out because we have a self-fulfilling prophecy and we create that reality. You know, once we've decided that's the way something is going to be, that's the only way that it can show up for us. And a really great example of this was an experience that I had with my sister. So there's, I'm the, like I said, I'm the oldest of seven. There's four girls. And this is my sister who is number four. Um, her name is Rachel. And we, there's about a six year difference for us. And so right as I was graduating high school was right as she was kind of coming into her teenage years. And she was, <laughs> I think my parents would tell you, she was a difficult teenage child. She was pretty moody and she would like snap at my parents. And she kind of went through just like a, a, a probably pretty average, you know, entry into teenage years. And that was kind of the time period that I was like moving out of the house and, you know, didn't really have as much interaction with her because I was, I was going off to to college. But I remember like that experience of her being super moody. And it was like, we, this is like super mean, but we would call her like princess Rachel, like princess Rachel needs to get her way. And princess Rachel, like, you know, always, always has to be in charge and like always has to have things perfect and, and things like that. And so that was this, that was how Rachel showed up for me um, for a long time, because that was my experience of her. And that was the way I anticipated her to act was like, like a princess, it's princess Rachel. And I remember very clearly several years down the road, I w- you know, we were interacting on with, I don't know, maybe it was Christmas time or something. And I remember, I don't know if I said Princess Rachel, but I definitely like brought up that idea of like that version of her. And I remember so clearly that she looked at me and was like, Amber, that's, that's not who I am anymore. I've changed and I need you to allow me to, to develop and like progress and change. And I was, I was, first a little bit like humbled and kind of put in my place because she was absolutely right. It was like, I had made a decision based off experience, but I had made a decision that that was how she was. And so that was how she always was going to be. And in reality, people grow and people change. And I wasn't allowing her that space to show up differently because I had made that decision of that's who she was. And that was such an important moment. And from then on, I, you know, I was like, well, you're right. Like you have changed. You have grown up. You are not a 12 year old kid anymore. (laughs) You know, you have matured and you've matured into a a wonderful, you know, wonderful woman who I love spending time with. Like I love my sisters. Um, But I, I just remember that moment and she taught me such an important lesson that day of allowing people to change. And what I hope you're taking away from it is like, how often have we done that in our life? We've had an experience. I'm not negating your experience. And from that experience, we've decided that's the way things are. Because once you've decided that's the way things are, that's the only way it can show up for you in the future. So a really good example is maybe you've tried to lose weight in the past and it's been hard and it's been miserable and you didn't, you know, it wasn't fun. And if that's been your experience, you may have made a decision that losing weight is hard and miserable and not very fun. And so that's the only way it can show up for you. It can only show up for you as miserable and not fun until you realize that yeah, maybe you had that experience, but it doesn't mean it always has to be miserable or it always has to not be fun. And when we start to open our eyes and thoughts to, hmm, maybe, maybe it could be fun. Maybe it doesn't have to be miserable. It can then start showing up that way for you. 
And so this is just one example of why it is so important to be make sure that when you are trying to achieve a goal that you are, yes, you're learning everything you can learn. You're figuring out the science or the steps or the tools that are going to help you get there. And that you don't forget the parking brake that you don't forget to release the parking brake so that you can move forward. And that is why inside of Macros 101, we do so much work on what are you telling yourself? What are your beliefs? What is the underlying subconscious programming that you are running on? And how can we upgrade that? How can we change that to be supportive of your goals instead of holding you back from reaching your goals? Because the hard thing about the subconscious is that you can't see it. It, it, we call them mental blocks or blind spots for a reason because you can't see them. So it can be really hard to identify where those blind spots are because if, if you could identify them, they wouldn't be blind spots. You would be like, oh yeah, I totally know that that is there. I totally know that's the program I'm running on and you could change it. But the problem is, is we don't see it. We don't see those blind spots. It's just like how you know you can't see the back of your head. Or I always like to use the analogy of spinach in your teeth. It's like you can't see spinach in your teeth. You need somebody else to to lean over the table and be like, hey, girlfriend, you got some like stuff in your teeth. And then you can pull it out. But it takes having that external person or a mirror or something outside of yourself to be able to shine a light on the areas that you cannot see. And that is what it it is like with changing your mindset or upgrading your programming is it's not usually something that you can do all alone because we all have blind spots, myself included. It's why I hire coaches. It's why I talk to other people. It's why I get other perspectives because I realize that even as much as I know and understand and have worked on myself and coach other people, that even that much, I still have blind spots that I need someone else to help me work through. And that is why coaching can be so powerful is because when you have somebody else who is able to spot those blind spots and help you work through them, then that 80% of what like drives you towards your goals, you take off the parking brake and you're able to go forward and move forward. And that's one of the reasons that I love coaching so much. And it's one of the reasons why coaching is such a vital part of the Macros 101 program and, and the content that I teach you. It's not only about like just how to count macros. Anybody can teach you how to count macros. It's, you know, it's not, not rocket science. But even people who know how to count macros, it doesn't mean that they do it. It doesn't mean that they implement it. It doesn't mean that they get the results. So what's going on? If it's not like lack of knowledge that makes the difference, what is it? Well, it's the 80%. It's the mindset. It's what you're telling yourself. It's the beliefs that you're writing on. It's the programming that you're writing on. And that is what makes you know Macros 101 and the coaching that I do so incredibly different from all the other things that you can do. And the cool thing is, is that Macros 101 is opening very, very soon. In fact, at the end of this month, August 29th, we have our opening for Macros 101. So if you're someone who has a goal and you felt that resistance and you want to be able to work through it and you want to get to the other side of it, I invite you to come join us inside of Macros 101. We have opened up enrollment into our five-day challenge and that's free and it's a way that for you to get a taste of what it would be like inside Macros 101. It's a way for you to get a taste of, of how I teach, uh, of the concepts. We start to dive into some of this subconscious programming during the challenge. So if you want to get a little taste of what it's like inside Macros 101, I highly recommend coming and joining our five-day challenge. Go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash challenge to come and join us. It's free. It's fun. We get in and we we really start to illuminate some of the things that maybe you didn't realize were there and start to help you to move forward to be able to hit those goals that you wanted to hit. 
bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash challenge to come and join us. And we start August 22nd. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing this episode. If you enjoyed what you listened to, I highly recommend hitting the subscribe button or the follow button or where whatever it says on your podcast platform so that you don't miss any of the episodes that we have coming out because we have some good ones coming up. Thanks for being here. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hey friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio insider list. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes, and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.